I managed to make $3,000 in a week and a half or two weeks. And I was like, okay, like people want my product. This is amazing. And I've been able from then to now have a growth about like 600% in sales growth as well. At Founder, we're on a mission to democratize entrepreneurial education and on our way to building one of the largest online schools in the world for entrepreneurs. We interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it so you can too. However, in this series, we're doing things a little differently. We're working with our own students in our community who are deep within the process of building our own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow who've stood where you are and are on the way to building the business of their dreams. Now, before we jump in, our lawyers have told us to tell you this. Of course, we can't guarantee you'll have the results like some of our stories are about to share in this show. And as you know, with any business, it's a lot of hard work in addition to completing any online course. And with that said, welcome to From Zero to Founder. Molly here. I'm the community manager for Founder Magazine and welcome back to the series From Zero to Founder. Today I'm sitting down with one of our Start and Scale students, Leisha Ryan, who has managed to grow her company by 600% in just a matter of months. She shares such amazing wisdom and is just a lovely person. So I'm really excited to sit down and talk with her today. So let's just jump into it. Hi, Leisha. Thank you so much for being here today. Why not start by introducing yourself? Perfect. Hi, Molly. So much for having me. I appreciate this opportunity so, so much. So about me, um, my name is Leisha. I'm 23 years old, currently living in Melbourne. Um, I'm originally from Wollongong. I moved down in December last year and I've just been having the best time since. Um, about my business, um, I specialise in bag straps and handbags. So the whole idea behind this was like with a handbag, instead of having to buy so many to match for different like events, styles and occasions, I realized you can just swap out the strap, like the bag strap, like interchange it. And so you could change your bag strap and like your handbag to match for those certain events, styles and occasions. And when I figured that out, I was like, oh my gosh, this is something I need to do. Because at that point in time, um, when I was doing market research, bag straps wasn't really a big thing back then than what it is now. So I really saw a big gap in the market and jumped on that. And yeah, the rest was history since then. And then since starting the business, I've just like learned so much along the way. It's been absolutely incredible and I wouldn't change it for the world. And it, all, it was all thanks to um, Founder Magazine, the Start and Scale course for getting me up and running. And I just learned so much valuable information and content that not only have I applied to my business, but also um, it has led me down the, my career path in marketing as well. Yeah, so it's just been absolutely great. It was like a two-in-one bonus, the course. So not only did I have knowledge for like what I said before for the business, but also for my career growth. And that was just amazing. So definitely worth the investment. I love every moment of it. That's so, so great to hear and it inspires so many people as well that might be on the same journey as well as you. But yes. backtracking a little bit to the start, what were you doing in Wollongong? You mentioned you had some history in marketing. What was your experience like before starting your brand? Before I started the brand, so I started working on a start and scale course in May last year. And beforehand, I had only just graduated from university. Um, I studied commerce and then I was working, oh my gosh, crazy jobs at uni. I was working four jobs, like 60 to 70 hour weeks. Um, I just never had time off, never time to myself or anything. I was just going, 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 like always running on adrenaline and it wasn't until because um, I was working all these jobs to save for my was supposed to be gap year for the year, but obviously didn't go ahead. 
So I was working all these crazy jobs, saved up all this money, and it wasn't until COVID, unfortunately, hit, and I lost all my jobs, um, had to cancel all my travel plans. And at the time, I was really bummed, but then I, there was a big positive outcome, and this is what I'm about to get into. And I just remember one day, I just like stood in my room, and when COVID first started, I lost all my jobs, and working from 60 to 70 hour weeks to nothing, it was just like, wow, like, what am I meant to do? Like, this is so weird because I'm always running on adrenaline. I'm always doing something. And I love doing something that, like, makes me learn or makes me strong at the end of the day. And just to have nothing to, or even to look forward to, I was just like, I felt very stuck and very stagnant and I just didn't know what to do. And so I just remember having a moment to myself being like, okay, I have all this time to myself. I don't know how much time I'm going to have, but by the looks of, like, how things are going, I'm going to have quite a bit of time. And then that's when I made a decision to myself, okay, I'm going to educate myself or like enroll myself in a course because when this dies over, um, I need to find myself a full-time job because I just finished university. And then that's when I started to research like courses or followed accounts on Instagram that inspired me or just like, yeah, just to learn along the way. And then it wasn't until um, when I was following all these like entrepreneur accounts on Instagram was when founder popped up for me. I was like, okay, this is cool. I've never come across this account before. And when I was scrolling through it and I realized that I'm Australian, based in Melbourne, and I was like, wow, like I really need to to Melbourne one day. It's so cool that they're based there. And just going through the content, the courses, I was like, wow, like why have I not come across this before? Like this is incredible. And then um, I realized one of the courses was run by Greta. And Greta is just someone I've always looked up to and followed her um, career path ever since like skinny me tea um, years ago so when I saw her running one of the courses I was like wow like this is someone in the industry that I love I trust I look up to obviously I want to learn from someone who's killed it and nailed it like I think she started what 4.4 multi-million dollar businesses by age like 28 that's just like so inspiring for me so that's what I was doing before um hand like in Wollongong and then came across like founder, did the course and started my business from there. So um, I came across it in May, worked on all the courses for six months till November. And then um, I launched the business then in November. Um, and I was working a full-time, like an admin marketing role for a couple of months in the meantime, so I managed to find a full-time job. And then um, I managed to move to Melbourne and find another job down there in December. So, yeah, it was incredible how everything panned out. And even though there was a negative event of um, COVID, there was a positive outcome of starting my business and achieving my goal of moving to Melbourne. So that was fantastic. It definitely is. And I think that's one thing that, you know, I've learned myself talking to so many people is that from COVID, so many realizations happened and so many people kind of put their foot to the gas and really made it happen, which is exactly what you've done, which is so inspiring. But you mentioned how self-education is something that's really kind of important to you. And you you sound like you're a person that really likes to, you know, be busy and, and stay mentally active. When, when you kind of made the decision, okay, I really want to start my business, what were the steps like for you? Because it's something that you weren't really familiar with, were there maybe some struggles that you had to begin with that people listening might, might learn from? Uh, yes, most definitely. Um, I knew I wanted to start my own business before I actually came across the founder account and just didn't know where to start or what to do. So um, I started conducting like just my own research and kind of started trying to do it myself 
just through like reading articles, blah, blah, blah. And I, I'm a person who learns through videos or people who have been successful um, in that aspect or in that industry before. So when I gave it a go trying to do it myself, I just, I just wasn't getting anywhere. I found it really difficult. There was so much information out there and also different as well. I just didn't know which one to settle on. And it just put me in a mindset of like, oh, my gosh, this is actually the hardest thing in the world, starting a business. And don't get me wrong, it is quite challenging, but it wasn't until the start and scale course that just made it, honestly, like the streamline for starting your own business through the course is just amazing. It just, I just loved how um, all the videos were broken down, like smaller um, modules that had resources for it, like um, the apps that go with it, like recommendations. And it was a course that I absolutely loved and the best investment I've ever like invested into a course and everything. And it was more so because, like, when you hear about a course, you're like, oh, like, boring, have a course, like, coursework. Like, you just think, oh, back at school times or something like that. So when I started the Start and Scale course, I was just so surprised because of how engaging it was, how much I was learning every single day through every module and video. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is amazing. Like, I'm so excited to learn and do the modules every day and, Usually I take time like finishing coursework or even like back in the day when at uni, like I always took my time doing assignments and everything. But when I came across this course, I just wanted to get it, like I just wanted to finish in one day if I could because of how excited I was from to go from one module to the next to, and just be like, wow, like I just want to get to the end. I just want to start my own business already. Like what I'm learning is just so fun and just, yeah, they just created it in such a great way and I just re- recommend it for everyone who is looking at starting their own business because it is incredible at how they've designed this and what they've done. And I've just like kept on, kept this knowledge to myself, to, oh, not to myself, but the knowledge I have today um, that I've applied in my business and also in my um, marketing work and career, it's all thanks from the start and scale course from the beginning. So give it all to you guys. So thank you so much. It's just been fantastic. No worries at all. And I think it's really important to, you know, highlight that you were just like everyone else that's listening to this. They had an idea and you and you wanted to kind of create more of that. But stepping away from the course a little bit and focusing on you and your journey, what was the okay. next steps like in terms of creating your vision? Did you kind of sketch a few ideas on paper and find someone that could, you know, manufacture it? What were those steps like for you? It was just so crazy at first because I had so many great design ideas and if I could put out at least like 50 or 60 bag straps or designs, I would have. <laughs> but then I realised, no, I need to be quite like, I need to realise that like we need to start off with something small, um, have a small um, order quantity as well and just see how I go from there. Because it was when I started with a small um, range, I could be like, oh, this is what people like, this is what people don't like. But it was a bit challenging at first because I was just so, I had just so many ideas that I just wanted to push through. But I know that like it just has to take time and it's all about baby steps, maybe like launch these straps now, maybe down the road, which is what I'm working on, um, introduce some more straps. But um, I got designing through, um, I was on like Photoshop and InDesign and just getting bits and pieces and comparing all different bag straps and like creating my own, like my own unique style. And um, I thought before the course, like finding a manufacturer was just going to be the hardest thing. I'm like, who is going to manufacture this for me? Like, this is crazy. I don't even know where to start. And one of the modules um, on the start and scale course, like trying to find um, the right manufacturer for you was just 
amazing. So if I did not do that module, did not have that help, I have no idea where to start. And I just found these two amazing suppliers um, in China who I have created such a fond relationship with. It feels like family when I talk to them now because they, I have been dealing with them for like over a year and they are just incredible at what they do. So it's great to be able to find manufacturers like who are so passionate about my business that um, who helped me out so um, much along the way. So I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, no, it sounds incredible. And I think having that relationship definitely helps the creative process and and kind of lets you kind of sit where you're most comfortable in creating different designs. And you mentioned how you wanted to start with a few simpler designs. And do you want to kind of describe to us what your designs are like for anyone that's listening um, and how you kind of developed your own style? Because that can kind of be a hurdle sometimes where people might have a creativity block and they might be inspired by too many things around them. How did you really focus on what you wanted Elevar to kind of be? Well, the designs I worked on from the start, they're a bit all over the place, like nothing really complemented one another. And I'm like, okay, if I'm going to have a brand, I just really need to focus on one style. And um, I did my market research and I realised a lot of the style that's trending at the moment is more minimal. minimal. So blacks and whites, like because black and white goes honestly with everything. And when I was designing the bag straps, because there was a few colourful ones, I'm like, okay, this does stand out. This will probably only like match one piece of clothing for one style and that's about it. I want to be able to create bag straps in a way that suits every outfit and I realized the two colors that literally suit everything. And I wear all the time, like my whole wardrobe is just black and white, it's black and white bag straps and the whole branding behind it, like um, my logo, my like the triangles and everything black and white. So I'm, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to delve into this and stick to a minimalist um, kind of feel, kind of thing, I'm an aesthetic. And yeah, it's really taken off because I feel like I've been able to target a larger audience this way through minimalist designs and everything and if I were to target more um if I were to provide more colorful bag straps and more targeting like a smaller niche so it's really broadened up my market and everything and yeah it was great I'm really glad I really stuck to minimalist um kind of aesthetic feel your bag designs are definitely minimal but minimal elevated I think where you've got you know yeah, the gold 100%. yeah that's where the motto comes in like raise your standard like raise your standard of style yeah. It's really, really special and really unique. And it's even the structure of your bag is really unique, the more rectangular shapes. And and yeah. I think it's really, really, it stands out while still being quite minimal. And I'd love to yeah. kind of know more about how you picked the materials for your bags in terms of, you know, leathers or studs or, or things like that, because I know that can also be a hurdle for when creating something that's more in the apparel line, because it, it isn't so straightforward as picking a color, picking, you know, X, Y, Z. Talk to me through how you kind of stuck on the idea of this is what I'm going to launch with. I've decided for the, for the bag straps and the handbags, um, one of my unique um, value propositions is being um, vegan leather. So all my range is 100% premium cruelty free and this is something I stand for and love. And I notice um, a lot of other businesses delving into um, like more CSI and sustainability and I love this because I wanted to be a business that people turn to trust, love and like provide a material that is beneficial for like the animals, the environment and to know that they're wearing a product that they're doing the right thing at the end of the day as well, which is fantastic. Um, so I decided to stick to vegan leather for all my products and I was really happy with the quality because obviously 
um, real leather is a bit more expensive than the vegan leather. So that's something I was a bit skeptical about, but I know real leather is something I definitely did not want to go into. So when I received the samples and the vegan leather, I was just so happy with it. It's incredible. Like the quality is really, really um, amazing. And with the bag straps as well, um, coming up with the design um, ideas of having like the studs and also on one of my bag straps, it has like um, silver wings or something to it, ringlets or um, rings, something like that. Um, so that was a bit hard as well to design with them, trying to choose the right materials and we're like going back and forth and showing photos and be like, okay, tweaking this, tweaking that. So it actually took a lot longer than what I um, anticipated with the whole design process, but I didn't mind how long it was going to take to get it um, to get get it right because I'm like, I need this to be perfect because once it's produced, I can't go back. So my um, advice there is to take the design process as long as you can. It doesn't matter if it takes you a lot longer than what you um, initiate, um, initially anticipated. Um, because it's one of the most important steps. And if you get it wrong and you order this massive like quantity because MOQs can be quite high for a lot of suppliers, you can't take it back. So yeah, really focus on that because design is very important. Yeah, great points there. And you mentioned earlier on how you had kind of like a six-month timeline. Out of that six months, how long did you dedicate to the design process? I think a good three months, three and a half months. Um, cause obviously at first I was just so excited because when I got up to the design stage, this is my favorite stage. And I'm like, this is when my visions are coming to life. Like something I've visualized is now going to become a physical product. Like this is crazy. Um, so I did spend a good three and a half months going back and forth. And as I said before, this is one of the most important steps. And I remember when I got sent the samples, I was so nervous. I don't know why I was nervous for, because it was better than what I um, anticipated it to be. And when I just received the samples in the mail, I just remember looking at it thinking, oh my gosh, this was once like a visualization in my mind I only ever imagined. And now it's like a real product in front of me. So that just made me feel absolutely incredible because my, my dreams are coming true. Like this is so cool. I'm definitely sure that would have motivated you to just keep on going and going, which I, I love hearing that because it's, it is really true. You had a vision in your head and now you're holding it in your hand, which is so exciting. And, you know, you mentioned how your, your products really focus on sustainability and, you know, being environmentally conscious. How did you carry that into kind of your packaging and, and how you wanted to kind of give that user experience for people that are actually purchasing your products? Yes. Um, obviously, because our brand and one of the uh, unique value proposition is like um, 100% premium cruelty products, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to focus on this for my products, I need to make sure everything else is following this, my same values and my same goals and everything. So that's when I started to delve into making sure all my packaging was 100% biodegradable. Um, so this goes to show that, yes, you are buying a product that is vegan, um, cruelty-free, but you're also getting the product packaged in a way that is also beneficial for the environment because it's biodegradable. And I do recommend like so many businesses out there to really look into biodegradable products because it's fantastic for the environment. Um, there's a lot, lots of benefits for it and it's a great unique value proposition for any company. Definitely. And I couldn't agree with you more. I know it definitely stands out. And, you know, it is that that great selling point. Is that something that you focused on at the beginning as a, as a strong marketing push for when you were kind of um, exposing your audience to the idea of your brand? Um, yes, definitely. Because when I was doing my market research and competitor um, analysis, I noticed a lot more people are more inclined to choose a brand that supports this over brands that don't. 
So even though I've noticed this taking place in the industry, deep down this is something I've always supported myself. And I, yeah, so I want to portray the business to support this, but also portray the business in a way that shows what I value and what um, my goals are and my aspirations and what I want to put out to the world and like to benefit it in any way possible. So, yeah. Really interesting. And, and speaking more about marketing, I know that you have a great social presence. Walk me through how you kind of decided to, to start your Instagram account and what you actually wanted to post, what sort of content you wanted to post to kind of bring Elibar to life. Um, I definitely rebranded along the way. Um, so at first my content was more, um, cool and like a grunge feel kind of feel, um, thing to it. And this is something I just loved it at first that the content I was putting out was, um, a lot of user generated content, um, influencer content as well. I was, I'm currently focusing on reels, just like really cool reel that people watch for like, oh my gosh, that was like a really cool video. Um, I was putting content out as well, like um, just inspirational quotes, making people feel good. And in my captions, you'll notice it's like formatted in a way that's like a blog. It's not just like a one word caption because I want to share with my followers about what I'm up to, what the business is going through. And I also make sure like checking in how are they going or send them some inspirational like quotes or anything in a, in a caption that will make them feel, feel something at the end of the day. So I write in a way wanting the my following my followers to feel something and to feel connected to my brand and um ever since I I started a community engagement strategy that's when I realized I have just like fostered such a nice relationship with my followers and it's so beautiful to see so many people that I don't even know personally been following me since day one and they still have to this day and each every single one of them has bought products of me as well and just the way they message me um, saying how much they love the products, but then just saying as well, like I've been supporting you and seeing you grow since day one. It's been beautiful. And I've been able to create so many amazing relationships as well since starting the business and through my followers as well, um, engaging in with um, some influencers. I've been able to um, maintain and sustain some beautiful friendships there too. Um, I was also lucky enough, one of the girls who had worked with me from like day one, she really, really stood out to me and I just absolutely loved her and we're actually really good friends today. And she was um, fortunate enough when I had the um, opportunity to be featured in British Vogue, I was like, I need someone to be featured in this campaign. And I'm like, this is huge. I don't know who to choose. And because she really stood out to me since day one, this particular um influencer content creator um i ended up choosing her at the end because yeah she was incredible and we're good friends today talking down the time so it goes to show in business and, you, and your followers you can connect with them and form a really beautiful community so it's been fantastic hey there nathan chan here see on publisher of founder magazine if you're enjoying from zero to founder and you want to learn from some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, then I highly recommend you also subscribe and check out the Founder Podcast. We talk to some of the most successful people on the planet to discover how they're building their businesses. So you can take a front row seat as we go deep and we learn from some of the founders of brands like Netflix, Dropbox, Reebok, and so many more, and how they built these companies you can find the Founder Magazine podcast with Nathan Chan on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe. All right, now let's get back into the show. 
You've touched upon so many great points that I want to get to, but you just mentioned there that you had a feature in British Vogue. Would you like to tell us more about how that came about? Oh, perfect. I'd love to. Um, well, to be honest, when I first, like the notification came off my phone and it wasn't an actual email, it was like someone contacted me through my website. So it could be anyone. So when it came up my phone and it said like British Vogue, I think I, my heart skipped a beat for like a second. And then after that, I was like, this is definitely a scam. <laughs> so I couldn't really get excited. I'm like, no, 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 surely not, surely not. And I remember um, running up to my housemate and I just showed her my friend, like, is this legit? Like, surely not. She's like, oh, maybe just email them back and see what they say. And if the email like signature is legit, then it's it. Okay. So I sent back an email being like, hello, like I'm definitely interested because they reached out to me saying, um, they want to feature luxury fashion accessories in three of the editorial magazines. Um, and obviously, this is, I would love to be in Vogue. And um, I never thought I was capable of being featured in Vogue at such, um, not such a young age, but how fresh my brand is as well. Like we're only a new upcoming brand. And to have this opportunity, it was just like out of this world. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Um, so when I emailed her, she emailed me back and that's when I realized, oh my gosh, this is happening. This is so cool. And just that feeling was just euphoric. I was just like, wow, like, I'm just so happy that I achieved this and only being in the business for about nine or 10 months at that point in time. And then I realized, okay, like I need to choose someone to be featured in the photo that I have to send through. I'm like, this is just a massive opportunity for someone to be featured in Vogue. And I needed to make sure I chose the right person. And then I remember thinking to myself, um, the one girl who really stood out to me, um, her name is Elle Archambault on Instagram. Her account is just beautiful, amazing, um, a really nice feed to it. Um, she really stood out to me from when we did a collaboration, when we, I first started the business. And so I reached out to her saying, like, I have this beautiful opportunity for you. I'd love to, you to, um, to be featured. And I gave her a call and let her know. And she cried. I cried. It was so nice because... It was actually a dream she had. Um, she had that one. She wanted to be featured in Vogue. And it was so crazy because when I was on her Instagram, one of her photos was like her photoshopped in Vogue, and the caption was "dreaming." Dot dot dot. So it was so nice that like a dream of mine came true. But then I got to make her dream come true as well. So being featured in Vogue and the whole process of that was just so special and so beautiful. Like I always hold on to that. It was just amazing. I definitely think it's such an achievement that you should be so, so proud of. And I think it's so lovely that you were able to share that with someone that's been so loyal to you and your brand. And mm -hmm. backtracking a little bit before we discuss more about, you know, the repercussions after that feature, let's kind of go back to your launch because I know you had your six months timeline and you launched yeah. in November. Walk me up yes. to the steps of you getting ready to say, yep, let's click live. What was that like and how did it come to life? Oh my gosh. It was so nerve wracking at first because I remember I I could launch a business within two months. I would have done it. That's how excited I was by my novice needs to take time. So when I got through all the modules and um, finished the start and scale course and got planning really hard from then, I set myself the goal to launch in November because I didn't want to slack off. I'm like, I need to run on adrenaline. I need to get this done, all done by November. So leading up to the launch was just, very stressful, very challenging, but very rewarding at the same time. Um, I made sure I had all the packaging in place. I had all my strategies in place for all the socials. Um, just so much was happening. It was incredible. It's just like 
because when I first started a course and only had like minimal work to do to now I'm like wow I can see why business is so stressful um and just getting it up and ready and everything was just great and then I had a launch party with all my girlfriends as well um the day before I launched was just just incredible and it was so nice to have all the girls there who had helped me out along the way because the girls um I took photos with from the start were all my girlfriends and they literally gave up their time for me all the time just to help out and I'll always be grateful for that so um launch day was just uh just so surreal just seeing like my my website come to life and um that's another big thing to touch base on as well is making sure your website is on point and making sure you have everything ready to go um because obviously I use Shopify so when I had my discount codes made sure they were all worked and making sure checking out works because you'd hate to launch the website and then someone goes to check out and it's not working so that's a big one as well and I use a website developer on the side just to help me out there because I'm not very tech savvy with websites <laughs> So um, that helped a lot as well leading up to the launch. And yeah, when I went live and all my sales took place and I just, it was just out of this world. I'm like, people want to buy my product. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. Like every single sale means so much to me. It's so fantastic. It's great. Yeah. No, that's such great advice from everything. You know, like your website is a major component and sometimes you can kind of just forget the little things. Like you mentioned, discount codes working and properly organized to help people that, you know, might be on your email lists or from your socials. So I think that's a great tip. And you had quite a successful, you know, period from launch to about three weeks after. Do you want to touch upon how you went in terms of, you know, revenue growth over this time and, and were you shocked by the numbers that you saw? Um, I was very surprised because I had only thought I was going to only get like a few sales at first and that was it. But um, I managed to make $3,000 in a week and a half or two weeks. And I was like, okay, like people want my product. This is amazing. And I've been able from then to now have a growth about like 600% in sales growth as well. And I have set myself some goals for the next six months to a year, which I hope what well, I want to achieve because yeah so that will be quite interesting to see if that comes to play and I just have this strong faith that like it will just keep on growing from where I am today and it's just so amazing to see the growth and everything and what I've achieved along the way I've just been so proud of myself yeah it's been so good you should definitely be proud and and for anyone listening I, I spoke to Leisha a while ago and it's crazy to even see the growth that we had since we last spoke and now that you're able to feature on this podcast is just so exciting and yeah. you know you mentioned your Vogue cover do you believe that that helped you kind of gain some more traction and, and help you kind of get that 600% in growth uh yes definitely the Vogue um, campaign really, really took off, but not only did it um, allow me to gain such a large um, growth in my revenue, um, I was able to be reached out by several other amazing magazines. And I'm still a small business at this point in time, so it wasn't quite feasible, but um, they did say to me, when you're ready, reach out to us and we'd love to have you on board. So that was um, Vanity, Vanity Fair, um, Harper Bazaar and Elle Magazine. So I was like, well, like for my brand to be capable enough of being featured in these magazines goes to show I'm doing something right or that people obviously love it and it just makes me feel so good. 
Yeah. Yeah, of course. It definitely would. And they're big names for such a small brand. Mm-hmm. And I think as I've touched on before, it will continue to just, you know, catapult you into to much more growth. And in terms of your influencer campaigns, how have you kind of structured them now? You said you went through a rebrand and you're really wanting to kind of make that stronger connection. How do you approach influencers now and what what's your system? Um, when I approach in, approach influencers, I just do a bit of research on them. I just see how they engage with their following, um, what kind of um, community they have created, um, how people like perceive them or how they are in their industry because I want to work with people who um, I believe align with my business as well. Um, so when I reach out to influencers, um, I just want to see how they also reply to me because I feel like the way they connect with you goes to share a lot about who they are. And it's so it's funny enough because a lot of influencers I have actually reached out to, you just feel like you're talking to a friend at the end of the day. And I think that's really beautiful. At first it will be a bit professional then they may like say a joke or say something quirky. I'm like, okay, well, I love that because I'm about that as well. I'm not all about being professional. I just want to be authentic in myself at the end of the day. So yeah, reaching out to them, I just make sure, I'm not saying they align with my brand. Um, they're great in the industry. Um, I'll also talk to past brands or businesses who have worked with them before just to see um, what they were like, if they achieved everything they wanted to um, achieve. And yeah, so majority of the influencers I have worked with have been absolutely fantastic. And it's so nice to be able to keep in contact with a lot and form beautiful friendships with them too. Definitely. And are you still doing most of your processes in-house at the moment or have you looked at any, you know, branding agencies or influencer agencies or is that something you might look to in the future? Um, I have outsourced a little bit. I did outsource to an influencer marketing agency. Um, They've helped me out along the way with two um, influencer campaigns, which I'm really grateful about. And one of them is about to be pushed out in the next week and a half, week and a half or two weeks. Um, the only thing with when I work with like agencies or influencer um, agencies and everything, I'm only directly talking to their manager. I'm not actually talking to the, like these influencers themselves. And I always found that I like it a lot more when I get to talk directly to them because I'm like, I'm you're working for my brand and I want to connect with you and get to know you. I'm like, I don't want to be like, talk to like a middle person and then they go to the influencer. I want to like express, okay, this is my brand. This is what I would like. Um, What do you feel about it? Or do you have any ideas? So I prefer to do a lot of my influence marketing in-house and more so because I can form and create really great connections and relationships with them. And yeah. Yeah, great insight there as well because, like you said, if you're really focused on, you know, that connectivity and, you know, making those relationships, I think that is really important. And, you know, from here you launch with how many products to begin with? Um, Six bag straps and two handbags. Amazing. And you want that versatility. So going forward, have you got um, a set amount of designs for your bags or bag straps in particular coming up to, you know, a second launch? Um, I'm more focusing on the bag straps at the moment, but at, um, what I'm doing at the moment, I'm working on something like small products or accessories that will help me with my upselling um, that will increase my ABO at the end of the day. So what I've noticed is a trend in the market, which is phone charms or phone chains. And I've noticed that like most of the phone chains are quite cheap or plasticky, kind of feeling really colourful. And there wasn't many like luxury kind of minimalist feel for phone charms. So 
I've actually designed the whole phone charm myself, um, drew it out and everything, got all the materials, sent it out to the supplier. So they will be sending me those phone charms in the next two weeks. So that would be an extra add-on and upsell and everything. Um, also because Elevar style, when I came up with the name, I also wanted to just focus on Elevar, but the domain was taken. And how why I added style on the end was because if I did um, Elevar like bag shops or handbags, that's only targeting a small niche. And I knew adding style in the end could be anything because I really want to delve into um, maybe more like fashion accessories, like belts or sunglasses. Sunglasses is my next step. I've got two designs I really want to push out soon. Um, and I do have a really good idea for a bag strap and I've noticed no one else has done this before and I've never seen it anywhere. And I just have such a strong faith in my heart. Like once this gets pushed out, like I feel like it'll just make the company grow so much more. So I'm still yet to get to that idea because I feel like it's going to take quite a long time to get the designs and everything right. But that's going to be very, very exciting when I get to push that out. So that's my goal within the next four to six months for that one yeah sounds like you have a lot of exciting things that are coming up and I can't wait to see them all because I do follow closely to your brand as you and your journey as well but you know you mentioned a few things there where it's jumping on trends and you know do you do you find it hard as someone that's in you know an apparel type brand to keep up with those trends considering that you have to go through multiple processes get samples and things like that Yes, definitely. Definitely. I just wish when I see a trend, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I could just get this out within like a week, but it's a lot harder than that. Um, so my advice is when you see a trend, don't just think about it or dwell on it, just jump on it straight away. Because I did notice, for example, with these phone charms that they came out like a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago now, and now they're just really, really blown up. And it wasn't until a friend actually mentioned it to me, like, you know, you actually need to push this out. This is a great idea. I'm like, oh, I knew I should have done this from the start and I just didn't. So my advice would be like, just go for it. Like take the risk. Like, what do you, like, what are you going to lose? Because if you don't, if you don't try, then how you meant to know the result or anything. So yeah, just, just go for it, I guess. Yeah. And I think that's a really great thing, but you also mentioned with sunglasses, for example, like keeping up with your climate, like Australia, for example, is about to go into summer. Sunglasses are a year round thing, but I think that's really smart that you're kind of planning ahead as well. And I, and I think that, you know, bringing out these new designs will also help elevate your brand, as you mentioned. And have you got any more ideas that you could share in terms of rebranding your, you know, you mentioned how you didn't go with Elevar bags or handbags, but you went with more of a style kind of approach. What advice would you give to someone else that might be thinking, I don't want to put myself in a box and I don't want to be so specific to a niche? What would you tell them? Um, I would tell them you are capable of anything. Like if you want to do, like if you want to focus on one aspect of a business but want to delve into this you can honestly do it but obviously that takes a lot of like market research a lot of planning a lot of strategy and if you're in a position where you just don't know or you want some help seek out to someone in the industry who's done it before or who's successful and because that's the way you've got to learn at the end of the day if you take advice of someone who hasn't done it before achieved anything how do you how you how are you meant to expect that's going to work so My advice would be like, you can achieve anything. Just make sure when those steps in order to do so, make sure you you do get help, you do do your research um, because you would hate to put something out and it's not feasible and it doesn't work at the end of the the day. So I would definitely say reach out for help because there's so many people out there who are willing to help you and yeah, know that you are capable of anything. So yeah. 
That's really great advice. And, you know, working towards wrapping up, I, I always like to kind of, you know, see where I'm going to meet you in the future. So you've mentioned that you want to bring out sunglasses and charms and you really want to focus on getting into those publications. What other goals do you have for your brand going forward in the next, you know, three to six months? Um, I would obviously like to see my business continue to grow or continue to grow in like following sales. Um, hopefully one day the goal would be to create like a nice community engage, um, a community Facebook group page. Um, I like to see my followers as like my people, my friends at the end of the day. And I'd really like to pursue, pursue the business going ahead with that. Um, I would really, really like to see um, another bag strap get introduced before my other design I was talking about. So I really want to push that out before Christmas as well. But my goal for the next three to six months is just to see it continue to grow, push out more content. Um, and yeah, I'm just really excited to see what the future holds for Elevar because I have just such a strong belief in my heart. Like this is going to be a lot bigger than what I thought it would be. And that is so true so far as well. Like everything I've accomplished in these last 10 months, I honestly did not think I was capable of achieving at least half. So if you have that positive mindset and you can tell yourself you can achieve anything, like you'll go so far. My um, favorite quote that has stuck to me ever since reading the book, um, it's the book is called The Power of the Subconscious Mind. So he said this quote in it and it's just stuck to me since and it's called, it's the law of life is the law of belief. So if you believe in yourself that you can do anything, like you can honestly do it, like everyone has potential in them. It's whether if you believe in yourself or not to make it happen. What an amazing quote. And I definitely think that's something that's going to stick with me and probably a lot of people listening. So I really want to thank you, Leisha, for taking the time and sitting down with me and speaking about your experience with Elva Style. And I know we'll probably catch up again soon and, and, you know, see where you've gone in the next three to six months and see you in all these big publications. So thank you again for, you know, taking the time and sitting down and speaking with me. Thank you so much, Molly. It's been great speaking with you. Hey guys, we hope you're loving From Zero to Founder and you're getting a ton of value from it. If you want access to the exact free training that led today's founder to where they are now, head to founder.com slash course training or follow the link in the show notes.